Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. I woke up at 5 a.m., put on my camouflage, wiped off my 243 and fired up my dog. Headed out to my And welcome back to hour number two of Jim Strader Outdoors. Welcome to the program, folks. It's uh, settling into the dusk hour of the evening now that we've turned the corner into fall. And, of course, a lot of things popping out there. During the first hour, we talked some fishing because fall fishing is very, very large on my radar scope this time of year. It's, uh, in my estimation, one of the best times of year to to be on the angling scene because there's not as many insects. The fish are starting to move up into the shallows to feed heavily to prepare for winter. And it's just a great time of year to be out there and observe all the things that nature will give you from coloring the leaves as the trees change to the beautiful sunsets you see at this time of year. Of course, at the top of the list is the pleasant weather that you can enjoy. So, uh, if you did not hear the broadcast in the first hour, you can bring it up on podcast here at whas.com. You just go to whas.com, put in keyword straighter, and it'll take you right there, and you can enjoy any of our broadcasts from the past. We talked to Bob Alsup, who is a striper guide down on Tim's Ford Lake. Uh, during the first portion of that first hour, the second part, we talked to Craig Hipsher, who was course, is a frequent guest on the show. He's a tournament angler and professional fishing guide down on Kentucky Lake in Lake Barkley area of the state and always does a good job of the fall forecast. I'm going to change gears here a little bit. I'm going to give the numbers for you to chime in this evening. If you've got questions for us, you can call us at 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. Those are the usual numbers to call in, of course, and we would be glad to hear from you. There's so many things to talk about. We are in my favorite month of the year, what I affectionately refer to as Rocktober. The reason I call it that, I love to squirrel hunt in October. I love to bow hunt in October. I love to fish in October. I love to dove hunt in October. I'm a conflicted soul, if you will, about 
what to do on a given day, but uh, that is a great position to be in because there's so much fun to be had out in the outdoors if it's nothing more than just taking a, a walk as we move into the splendor of color that we see during this portion of the year leading into November, of course, when the deer start to rut. A couple of things I wanted to pass along here uh, before we go to break, one of which is there's been a very, very huge and significant change in deer behavior uh, the last week or so, and I want to pass this along because we've got the youth-only firearm season for kids coming up next weekend, and a lot of you folks are used to taking these kids out on a field edge and hunting out of a a ground blind, which is a great way to hunt. A lot of you utilize uh, bait to bring the deer in, and that can be effective, or you're hunting over perhaps a food plot. But there's something that has occurred, and it has occurred in such a big way that I need to pass it along because it could really scramble your eggs, and that is the acorn drop that is happening right now. We have had, in many portions of the Commonwealth, an excellent crop of acorns this year due to the amount of rain and field conditions uh, leading up to this uh, start of the acorn drop in the fall. And we're a little earlier than normal, especially in uh, the red oak species. The red oaks are dropping profusely in a lot of the areas that I've scouted and where I hunt. They started to do so almost two weeks ago, but now it's almost like rain in many woods across the Commonwealth, and the deer prefer acorns over almost any food you can talk about. I'm not saying you won't see deer in food plots. I'm not saying that you won't see some come to corn, but I will tell you the main event and the big news is in the oak flats where the bucks and does have discovered that they can stay close to bedding areas and feed throughout the day. That's something they love to do because they know winter's coming and they feel a lot more secure feeding back in a woodlot under the shade of the uh, trees, which are still in full foliage, than they do out in an open field during daylight hours. So I would encourage you, if you're taking a youth to the woods next weekend, to give some thought to setting up on the downwind side of some oak flats or feeding areas where the deer are taking advantage of this profuse amount of acorns that are dropping. Um, They love big flat ridges. They love the tops of hollows where they can travel from hollow to hollow uh, while they're feeding on them. And there's a good side to this that I think is worth mentioning, and that is that I'm not sure in my mind that, that kids get as much out of a sit over a corn pile on the edge of a field as they do a sit out of a blind on a ridge where they can see squirrels and turkeys and jaybirds uh, keying on these acres. There's always something to watch, always something to look at. And again, deer are much more relaxed, and they tend to be active over a longer part of the day uh, back in the woods than they are out on these field edges. So 
that's something I think is worth considering, and I would certainly encourage you, if you can, ahead of time to scout those places. Or if you know a traditional deer usage ridge, uh, taking a kid there and letting them watch does and bucks picking acorns and moving about in a forested habitat, in my estimation, is one of the greatest hunts you can offer a child. And these deer are fairly unmolested now. It's early in the season, and, of course, that season opens next weekend. So that was foremost in my mind because I love seeing these kids get a good experience, and uh, this may be one man's opinion, but I think they'll learn a lot more in the woods than they will just sitting on a field edge where sometimes they're bored and want to play with their phone or video games or whatever else they do to keep from uh, going a bit bat crazy in the bind. <laughs> so uh, please pay attention to that. And if you've got a different opinion, I certainly would entertain that this evening. We're doing open lines for the rest of the program tonight, folks. And the numbers are 571-8484 or 1-800-444. 8484. This break is presented by Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty. They're located in Mumfordville, Kentucky. Paul Thomas, the broker down there, is a lifelong outdoorsman. He understands exactly the type of properties that you probably would like to see. They have a huge inventory of farms, wildlife management properties, uh, small pieces of property with lakes and ponds. You name it, if you want something that's real outdoorsy, it's been a dream of yours for some time now, I think they can fulfill those dreams for you. Check them out at mophartrealty.com. This is Jim Dickin for Fishing Guides homepage, fghp.com. All the fishing guides and info you need to plan your next fishing vacation. fghp.com, the number one resource on Google for finding fishing guides, local regulations, hotels, bait shops in the U.S. and Canada. FGHP.com donates 25% of its income to Freedom Is Not Free, helping families of soldiers wounded in the war on terror. FGHP.com, Fishing Guides homepage. This is Gary Roman. Whenever I'm on Jim's show, I get lots of questions like, what shotgun should I buy? What handgun is best for personal protection? Or what is the best scope for my rifle? There's only one sure answer. Come see us at Firearm Service Center, the one place to go to solve all your firearms problems. Purchase guns, ammo, holsters, and supplies. Whether it's your first firearm or your next custom-built gun, service or repair, come see us at Firearm Service Center, Bardstown Road, in the Eastland Shopping Center, Louisville, Kentucky, or visit us on the web at firearmservice.com. For personal service, there's only one Firearm Service Center. And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. Again, if you're just joining the program, have a question for us. The numbers are 571-8484-1800-444-8484. We're doing open lines here in the second hour of the program tonight. So many things popping out there, it's Hard to cover it all, quite frankly. Sometimes two hours go by in 15 minutes in my brain. That's usually the case when we're on radio here. But I love networking with you folks and try to cram as much information in this two hours as we possibly can. I mentioned the number of things that are so much fun to do this time of year. One of the things that I 
would heavily encourage for those of you who are either fairly new to hunting or perhaps uh, just want to learn more about the sport or, more importantly, if you're a seasoned hunter who wants to take a mentor hunt with a youngster, I heavily recommend squirrel hunting uh, over the next several weeks. The squirrels have started going to the ground, coming out of the overstory, and harvesting and burying nuts. And when they do this, the family groups break up. The young squirrels uh, are very, very evident in almost any part of the woods where you go. And it is just an absolutely magic time of year to prowl around on the ridges and in the hollows and take a child with a shotgun where you're just easing along, letting them observe all the wonders of nature. And quite frankly, it's something that I really, really enjoy. A day in the woods in October squirrel hunting, to me, is about as much fun as you could possibly have. Uh, It's a way that I get away from some of the pressures of of modern-day life, and I, I just really get in tune with the woods. And I might add, it is a great way to scout for deer. You're going to see places where the deer have been feeding on certain trees. You'll find the deer droppings underneath these trees. You'll see the trails developing going to these oak flats, and then you can turn around and have a blast doing some bow hunting in that particular spot when you come back. It's something that I utilize a lot in my scouting, and it's a very enjoyable way to commune with nature. Let's go to George. He's got a question for us. Yes, George. How you doing, Jim? I'm doing fabulous, sir. I hope you're doing well. Well, I'm doing fine, and I talked to you 10 years or better ago, and sitting here listening to your program, and I thought, uh, how many years has he been on the air? <laughs> you so know, I thought I'd ask you that question. All right. I, I can't give you an exact number, but I believe it's right in the range of 35. My goodness. Well, then you haven't changed a bit. <clears throat> well, <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment, George. <laughs> <laughs> Say, uh, I'm uh, up here in uh, North Vernon, Indiana, and uh, <clears throat> I've got a friend that keeps saying, we've got to go fishing, we've got to go fishing, we've got to go fishing. It would seem like we never get it done, but do you have any suggestions, or do you fish up in this area at all? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I have not fish the lake I'm going to mention to you in some time, but it's got good bluegill, real good bass, and it's got uh, hybrid stripers, and that's Lake Monroe. Uh, okay. That's, you know, a little bit further across the state, perhaps, than you would like, but... Oh, no, I've, I've boated there before. Okay. It's an excellent... What about, what about Patoka? Is it any better? <laughs> well, Patoka's uh, fish pretty hard for bass, but uh-huh. the uh, amount of Fishing pressure up there really drops off as we move into October and November, and uh, it's quite possible to catch some good fish there. It's an excellent lake for channel catfish. I don't know if you enjoy fishing for catfish, but... Oh, yeah, I eat anything. Well, if, if you like to fish... <laughs> Except cars or carp. I understand. If you, if you <laughs> like to fish for catfish, they'll really pack into the backs of... The, of those bays as the shad move up and go shallow. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can catch them on a variety of things. I'm real fond of, 
of pieces of shrimp for catfish that uh, puts out a very strong scent that mimics crawfish, and they bite it real readily. Just get some, you know, shrimp with the peel on that hasn't been cooked, and you can break them into segments and, and fish beneath a bobber and do extremely well. Uh, they, of course, bite on night crawlers. It, it's an excellent, excellent channel catfish lake. What about uh, chicken liver? That'll certainly work. It's not my favorite because it's hard to keep on the hook and so messy right. in the boat, but it'll certainly catch them. Now, you you talk about shrimp. Uh, I've got a sister, and uh, once in a while we would go to Florida, and uh, she would go to a bait store there and uh, and ask for the, you know, <clears throat> like a woman's charm, you know, so that, you know, if you could, just pick out the biggest ones that you can, you know, so we can catch some big fish, and instead she take them home and eat them. Yep. <laughs> Wasn't I, very nice, was it? I've seen that trick pulled before. <laughs> Have you, uh, are you familiar with uh, Crosley Game Preserve up here, Muscatatuck National Wildlife Refuge? I, I know of it. I've been up there hunting, but I've never fished it. Okay. Well, there's, there's some fairly good fishing in those uh, locations, and and it is close to home. But, uh, yeah, Monroe is a good now. You say fishing uh, for the bass and the bluegill, uh, just back in sloughs and stuff like that. Yes, sir, and it, they'll start moving into the back of the coals now that the water's cooled off a bit. And it's it's an excellent fishery now, not so much for the bluegill, the the bluegill I was speaking about are better at Monroe. A little deep. Yes. The bluegill get a little deeper. Well, they're just not a, a real good size at, at Patoka as opposed to the size you'll see at Monroe. Okay, okay. Well, Monroe is closer. Yes, I thought it would be <laughs> to you. I will tell yeah. you that Crosley area you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's my understanding from talking to some buddies of mine that's got excellent red ear or shell cracker populations in some of those lakes and they are real active in the fall of the year and you can catch them on a jig and bobber use a real small one thirty second ounce jig with a wax worm on the back mm-hmm. and just uh move it you know every little bit and comb the shallow flats in the back of those shallow areas as the water cools if those lakes have weeds in them when the weeds start to die those shell crackers move in and they'll move up very very shallow they'll only be in about one or two feet of water, and you can cast along the banks and do a great job with that technique. Okay, well, sounds good. Well, listen, Jim, uh, keep up the good work, and uh, your program is uh, very refreshing and a good change from what we normally have to listen to. Well, George, I appreciate Uh, that. Don't don't go over 10 years to call me. Call me whenever you think about it. All right, Jim, thank you. Have a nice evening. Yes, sir. We'd be glad to help you anytime, partner. Let's go to uh, Mike, who's been holding on. Yes, Mike, you're next. Hey, Jimbo, how you doing? I'm doing great, sir. Uh, I think I discovered a new place to deer hunt on the farm in Anderson County. Yes. The front porch. The front porch. Well, well you know, there, you've been there before. There's those two great big oak trees in the front yard, and they are dropping acorns like crazy right now. And there's... There's deer scat all over the front yard. It's ridiculous. Well, I'm not surprised. When they've got a mowed area like that that's close crop, <laughs> that's easy pickings, you know. It really is. Uh, let me ask you a question. Um, I've got an 8-year-old nephew, 
What do you think is an appropriate age to take a young man hunting for the first time? What type of hunting are we talking about? Squirrels or deer. Squirrels or deer. You know, a lot of it depends on the child. As you know, some of them are mature by the time they're six or seven. Others are a little bit more hyper and really are hard to to get focused on things. But generally speaking, I think by the time a child's seven to nine, uh, they definitely ought to be able to go to the woods with you, at least as a tag-along, if not a active participant. And from okay. 10 on, it's it's rock and roll. Most kids are mobile enough and, and can take instruction well enough to be very, very easily exposed to what's going on out there. I, I'm real big on taking them and letting them watch first on most of these types of trips. It's what I've used through the years with countless numbers of children that I've mentored and and it, it piques their interest. They can kind of watch it's it's a monkey see, monkey do kind of way to teach them. Yeah. And and they seem to absorb more than they do if they were caught up in all the you know, here's what you gotta do with the gun. Don't take safety off. Uh be quiet. Do this, do that. This way they're just following you and mimicking and, and looking and learning and a little success in the field by you seems to amplify their their desire to get out there and participate themselves. I, I take them to the dove field and let them retrieve doves. When I'm squirrel hunting, I love to send them around the tree to move the squirrel to where they are actually part of the hunt. And, you know, I need you to move the squirrel so I can shoot it for us. Uh, okay. Deer hunting, you know, let them watch you shoot a deer before they're actually all hepped up and the adrenaline running through their veins 100 miles an hour. I, I, can, I can understand that. He's been there before when I've when I've uh, harvested a deer, but he's, you know he hasn't actually been out in the field with me when I harvested. It was after the harvest, so he's you know seen the deer hanging there when we process it. But you know, I can tell he's interested in getting out and doing that. I just didn't know it would be an appropriate age, but um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that. So we need to get back together again and uh, go knock some bushy tails out of the woods down at the farm. Hey, buddy, I, I am really ready to do that. And Foxy is about apoplectic, about wanting to get out. So we'll, we'll certainly do it. Thanks for calling, Mike. All right, Jim. Take care. Yes, sir. We're going to break here, folks. This break is presented by my friends at SMI Marine, 11400 Westport Road. Check them out. You remember, you never get soaked at SMI. Hey, welcome back to Jim Strader Outdoors. During the second hour of the program tonight, we're talking to you about what you would like to discuss with us to do so. Call us at 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. I mentioned earlier that it is October, my favorite month of the year, and I've got my mind on youth activities because I try to get a lot of youngsters out and about during the fall season. It's one of my favorite times to introduce them to the sport. Matter of fact, I'm taking a very special young friend of mine, a youngster that I've become acquainted with here in the last little bit, fishing tomorrow. And we're going to fish for bluegill and crappie and bass. And we're fishing a, a pond, about a three-acre pond. And I'm going to relay how we're going to go about that for you in case you are desirous of taking a youngster to a farm pond or small lake here in the next couple of weeks. It's very, very hard to beat a jig and bobber combination that enables you to cover uh, an amount of water at this time of year. 
a lot of the fish are located in the shallows because the water's cooling down, but others are holding out in three to five feet of water. In an adjustable bobber rig where you've got a small 132nd or so ounce jig uh, suspended beneath that bobber with a waxworm impaled all the way up on the hook is just a great way to allow the child to cast out. They don't have to be particularly accurate with the cast because the fish are often suspended. Uh, If I had a magic depth that I would recommend, it'd probably be two feet or less because they will rise to take the bait. And you just merely let them cast up and down along the banks uh, waiting for a bite. If they don't get a bite, move it four or five feet, let the jig drop again. As we know, all fish tend to love to hit a bait on the drop. And what this does, it keeps the child from sitting there and being bored just staring at a bobber, teaches them to cast, and most importantly, it, it entices enough fish that it should have an excellent outcome, and all kind of fish will hit that. You can augment that with uh, some bass fishing, and the two lures that I find are easiest for a child to fish with on most occasions are spinnerbait because it's weedless, fish attacking aggressively, uh, they're fairly easy to hook. You, of course, have to set the hook, but they generally, when they take a spinner bait, if a child jerks back, he'll he'll generally hook them. And uh, a rattle trap's another good choice because it's a crank and wind bait, and in the smaller sizes, small to medium size, they won't get hung up too much, and you just get out on the shallow edges and let them fling it around, and sooner or later they're apt to to catch a fish, so that's a good thing. That Surface baits are great this time of year, too, especially in the evenings and early mornings if that's the period when you're out uh, because they can learn to hop or skip it around and entice a fish up. Of course, a strike on a top water is one of the neatest things in the world for any of us, and pop bars uh, or any of the little prop baits uh, are an excellent choice. For that type of fishing, you just let them throw it out and twitch it, let it sit, pop it, twitch it, let it sit. And uh, medium-sized bass are real suckers for that type of a presentation, and it's something that can be just super, super effective right now, and it's something that I I dearly love to do. We were talking about taking uh, kids to the woods for this youth deer season this coming weekend, and I want to mix a little bow hunting information in with this because I know a lot of you bow hunters are really out there prowling right now. I've had several friends of mine harvest some really nice deer uh, the past week or two, and I'm talking about big bucks, uh, probably more large bucks, 150 class and better, being taken during this early October period that I've seen, late September, October period, that I've seen in a long, long time. And I think a lot of it, certainly has to do with this early acorn drop, uh, drawing them out of their beds. Those acorns are just like candy to to a deer. And as I mentioned before the break, they are a lot more relaxed feeding during daylight hours back in the woods, and they tend to get in pretty predictable patterns of behavior uh, when that happens. It does spread them out a bit. They're not coming to the edges of fields or into the clover fields and other places where normally at this time of year you see them foraging, but 
Acre drop is always part of the picture, and it started a little earlier than normal because of the excellent growing conditions we had, and we've got a great crop of of mast out there on average. So it's something to certainly key on and pay attention to. I also want to mention that the bucks are actually starting to scrape uh, in a significant fashion now. Again, this is early. But uh, I've seen several fairly significant scrapes on the ridge crowns and uh, edges of fields here popping up in the last week or two. And these, of course, are places where uh, if if the terrain and the conditions provide it, those bucks will cruise back to to check those scrapes and to freshen them. And you're going to see that activity escalating as we move on up through the period. So there's a lot of shift in deer behavior right now, and you're going to notice with increasing frequency that the bucks are going to break up. They're still traveling in some buddy groups, especially the younger age classes of deer, and there are some larger bucks still traveling together, but they're becoming increasingly solitary in their uh, habits as we move through this month towards November and you'll see a, a big change in their hostility, if you will, towards each other. The fighting between the bucks is going to escalate here, probably according to what I see, by the end of the second week of October. Normally we see that starting to occur about the 25th of the month, but I think you're going to see things a bit ahead of schedule this time, and I'm not speaking there of the peak of the rut. I think it's going to hit where it normally does. But the pre-rut activity and the condition of the herd is so excellent this time that a lot of these animals are really invigorated, feeling good, and and uh, feeling their oats, if you will. So uh, it's going to be a great time to take advantage of some of those behaviors. The gentlemen that I know that have harvested big deer have, have taken virtually all of them in oak flats. Uh, none of them have been taken off of field edges. They've uh, taken time to scout and gotten on feeding areas back in the woods. And uh, some of them been harvested in the morning, some in the evenings. Normally in October, morning hunting is not all that productive on average, but because these deer are feeding nearer to their beds and picking acorns on the way back to their beds in the mornings, they are vulnerable to a well-placed stand along those trails and feeding areas we've got to go to break here folks and this break is presented by mossy oak properties heart realty in munfordville kentucky they have an excellent inventory of all types of outdoor properties ranging from small farms big farms wildlife management properties that run anywhere from 40 to hundreds of acres and they'll certainly be glad to help you with financing if you need help with that Call my buddy Paul Thomas at Heart Realty and look them up on the net where you can see the listings that they currently have in inventory. Check them out at mophartrealty.com. If your house was on fire, the most precious possession you would save first would undoubtedly be your family pet. Next to family, they're one of the most important parts of our lives, and that's exactly why I trust my pet's health and happiness to Dr. Kurt Oliver and his staff 
at Linden Animal Clinic. I know firsthand Dr. Oliver's surgical and diagnostic skills are extraordinary, just what you need when your pet's in need. From the time his nurturing staff greets you at the door, you'll know that Linden Animal Clinic is the place to trust with your pets, just like I trust them with mine. Linden Animal Clinic, 1000 Linden Lane, 425-5834, or check them out at LindenAnimalClinic.com. Gun World, an archery pro shop in Corydon, Indiana, is ready to help you gear up for hunting season. The new bows from Matthews, Hoyt, Elite, Bowtech, and Bear are in, and their pro staff is eager to help tune and accessorize your equipment. They also carry 10-point Excalibur, PSE, Parker, and Barnett crossbows. They're stocked up with loads of new deer rifles that meet the specs for Indiana's new deer hunting regulations, too. Gun World and Archery Pro Shop, Highway 62 North in Corydon, across from John Deere. Welcome back to Jim Strader Outdoors. The numbers to reach us tonight, as usual, 571-8484 and 1-800-444-8484. We were talking about uh, the youth gun deer season, which, of course, is next weekend in Kentucky. And that'll be followed up by the early muzzleloader season. So... There's going to be a lot of hunting opportunity for deer hunters here in the next little bit. This youth deer season has become quite an attractive uh, event in the year-round scheme of things for deer hunters in that it enables the kids to get out at a time of year when it's very, very comfortable to be out. The deer are real active, fairly easy to pattern. They've not had much pressure yet, and... It's just a magic time to get the kids out and let them have their first experiences with deer. So if any of you have the time and have a youth that you have that you would like to introduce to the sport, I would certainly encourage you to to get them out and take advantage of it. Again, that's next weekend. A lot of most of the hunters that I know encourage blind hunting or participate by putting the kids in a blind because that way they can move and shift around and kind of do the things kids do. It's hard to get them to hold still for a prolonged period of time. By having them in a blind, they can see and observe things around them and move around and and participate while at the same time not be spooking the animals as they come in. So that's a a good thing. Let's go to uh, DJ, who's holding it on and has a question perhaps. Yes, DJ, you're up. Uh, yeah, it's PJ, and uh, I was wondering if Jim would have a. Uh... DJ, turn your radio down. It's going to confuse you, partner. All right, I was just wondering if you uh, had a black and yellow diamond rattler. Uh, every time I go fishing with my father, he always uh, puts the whammy on me. Just wondering if you had an extra one to spare. <laughs> I tell you what, uh, I'm going to give you my email address. It's straighterradio at yahoo.com. What's that? It's straighterradio, S-T-R-A-D-E-R-R-A-D-I-O. Straighter radio? Uh-huh, all one word with all the R's, straighterradio 
At yahoo.com? At yahoo.com. You reach out to me, and I'll see if I can help you with that. That's a, as you know, they're very scarce and hard to find. My father, Jim Strader, developed that uh, particular bait. It's a topwater lure, and the yellow and, and black one was very, very productive. It, he called that his frog pattern, and uh, it was the first rattling lure ever on the market. That's one reason Dad's in the International Fishing Hall of Fame, because he was the guy that introduced folks to rattling lures. But uh, reach out to me there, and we'll see what we can do about that. All right, Jim Strader, radio at yahoo.com. Uh, don't put my first name there. It's just Strader Radio at yahoo.com. Strader Radio at yahoo.com. You got it. And, uh, Another thing, my grandfather and your dad used to fish together. Uh, who who was your granddaddy, or who is he? Dave Bennett. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Is David still with us? He's probably not, is he? No, he is not. He is deceased back in the 80s. He was one of the fish catchingest, turtle cleanest dudes I ever met in my life. Well, that's fantastic. It, that's great to... To hear from you, yeah, Dave was a very close friend of my father's and a good friend of mine. I, I want to tell you an interesting story about him. One time he dared me. He said, Jim Strader, I could take a turtle from snapping, clawing an animal to the skillet in less than five minutes. And I said, no way, Jose. He said, I'll bet you $50, and we'll put it on a watch. And, uh, of course, he cut meat, you know, and, and really knew his way around a knife. But I got to tell you, he skinned and floured up and put that turtle in grease in probably three minutes. <laughs> and that is quite a feat. Anybody doesn't think so, try it and see how that goes. But, uh, yeah, I really uh, really thought a lot of Dave. He's a great guy. Probably knew fishing on the Ohio River about as well as anybody I ever met. Yeah, he done a lot of fish on the Ohio River. Yes, sir. Yep. Well, great to hear from you. You you, uh, you get in touch with me. We'll see what we can do about that. All right. Thank you. Thank you, DJ. I appreciate it. That's a blast from the past. Dave was a very, very astute study of nature, actually, too. He he uh, knew about catfish in the river in a bigger way than anybody I ever met. He was the first guy that ever actually fished for catfish with artificial lures that I met. Uh, he loved to use an LNS mirror lure, which is a jointed uh, kind of a slender crankbait. And he'd fish for those giant uh, blue cat and channel cat on the rock banks on the river in June, on the full moon in June. And uh, we used to get together. He'd show me those fish and and uh, we'd trade stories about turtles and what have you. He's a great guy, and I, I, uh, I thought a lot of Dave. He's, he's Dave Bennett was five star in Jimbo's book. He was, he was the kind of guy that I really enjoyed spending time with, and it was a lot of fun to be around. Since we're on the subject of the Ohio River, this is a great time to mention that from now, all the way through Thanksgiving and beyond, is the time when the bait fish are really going to stage up below the dams and you're going to see a real rush of bait fish uh, in all the dam structures up and down the, the river corridor, the stripers and hybrids will be up and you can catch them on uh, weighted rigs with a stick bait behind it, uh, a Rapala or, or uh, any of those type of lures 
I had a heavy weight cast out into that current uh, and, and swim cross current with that and let it get down, it'll get you some tremendous strikes. The catfish are going to come and start to feed. There's a lot of flatheads uh, moving up and being caught at some of the dams on the river right now. And, of course, the activity in the creeks on the river is really going to increase as we get up towards November. That's going to be a big push here a little later. There's a lot of really good crappie fishing on those creeks in the river, and all that stuff starts to hit as we progress through these months that end in R, these magic months, which, of course, are, as I mentioned so many times, are my favorite time of year to be out there. So it's something that I really enjoy. We, of course, have a lot of other things going on right now that that we can talk about, one of which is the harvest of some of the nut crop that people enjoy. The walnut crop this year, in case you haven't been out there, is unbelievable in a lot of areas. It's it's really, really uh, above average, and those uh, walnuts are starting to fall now. Most of the walnut trees have lost their leaves, and I know a lot of you folks love to gather those and, and uh, grind down to the hull and then crack them and eat them. They're an excellent, excellent source of food. The early persimmons have started to drop. There's a couple of different types of persimmon trees, one of which loses its fruit a little earlier than the other, which, of course, is the predominant one. It it starts to drop its fruit after the first frost or two. But uh, the persimmon crop is unbelievably heavy. Another uh, morsel in the woods that I love to eat at this time of year are pawpaws. And those of you who perhaps are a little older, remember the old song about picking up pawpaws, put them in your pocket. It's pawpaw time. And again, they have produced a lot of fruit this time. It seems as if most of those fruit-bearing trees have done a tremendous job of, of putting off fruit this year. And it's something that's a lot of fun to take advantage of whenever I see ripe persimmons and I'm fishing. If things are slow, I'll get out of the boat and Grab up a couple of handfuls because there's nothing in the world to me that's more flavorful and distinctive as a sweet item as as a persimmon. I mean, they're just absolutely delicious. Make great pudding and uh, brownies. You can actually make a brownie type of a dish out of persimmon. And of course, they make good preserves too. So those are some things that I might mention that you might be interested in if you're out and about this, again, so daggone many fun things to do this time of year and harvesting nature's bounty, whether it be fish, fowl, or, or fauna, is, is something that, uh, or flora, I should say, is something that I, I really get a kick out of. We're uh, going to be here next week talking about the upcoming muzzleloader season. We'll have a lot of information about deer and deer behavior for you. And I hope to be able to part a lot of that. We've got uh, about 30 seconds left here. So just want to let you know, if you didn't get the first part of the broadcast, want to learn more about catching stripers on that unusual rig, you can see it on YouTube. It's uh, Striper Memories on YouTube. And you can see pictures of the fish, catch up with me, and the goings-on with Jim Strader Outdoors on Facebook. 
It's Jim Strader Outdoors on Facebook. And, of course, our podcast for all the information from tonight is up on whas.com here an hour or two after we're off the air. Adios, everybody. Be careful out there. I'm very passionate about wildlife. That's why I've teamed up with two extremely talented and knowledgeable wildlife managers, Shane and Caleb Butler, to form a new company, Wildlife Habitat Solutions. Our team has more than 80 years combined experience doing habitat evaluations, food plot and warm season grass plantings, and hands-on management to make all your wildlife dreams come true. Check us out on Facebook at Wildlife Habitat Solutions or call us at 270-537-5739. I don't know anyone who loves the outdoors who does doesn't have a dream property in the back of their mind. It might be a secluded cabin on a river or stream, a small farm with lakes or ponds teeming with fish, or a wildlife management property with mixed timber and farm ground loaded with deer, turkey, and other wildlife. Paul Thomason and his family at Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty can make all these dreams come true. They've been doing so for 36 years. Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty is located in Munfordville, right in the heart of Central Kentucky's fish and wildlife mecca. They specialize in recreation properties, farms, and lake and riverfront getaways. Make your dreams a reality. Give Paul Thomas at Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty a call at 270-524-1980 or check them on the web at mophartrealty.com. That's mophartrealty.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.